simulation. Radio. The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Events occur in fake time. I was paid to put on a killer show. And his name is John C. Here we go once again for the third day in a row. Good evening, everybody. It is, of course, Wednesday, December 1st, 2021, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. And I'm not going to lie, my OCD got kind of uh, fucked with today because right before the show... Probably less than five or ten minutes ago, I went outside to go smoke a cigarette, and I was looking at my phone, and I was checking the uh, the show's description. In fact, I should probably change it now just to, you know, make sure that all the live streams are up and make sure that everything is working. And I noticed that I accidentally uh, left it as Tuesday, December 1st, 2021. And no, that's that's not quite it. Uh, but we're we're still going to have a lot of fun tonight and i need to have some fun because also when i came back upstairs to start the show right before uh it started i went to the bathroom and i have this habit when i use the bathroom of when i have to take a piss i just i hold my phone in my hand which i know is the wrong thing to do so what happens is i got my phone phone in one hand other hand is getting all the the bits ready to you know do the business and I almost dropped my phone into the fucking toilet. I dropped it, and I had that really, like, instant uh, heart palpitation of when the phone hits the rim of the toilet seat, and it's uh, it almost landed directly into it. Fortunately, it hit the rim of the toilet seat and then bounced on the floor, and then I had that, oh, thank God, sigh of relief before uh, retrieving the phone off of the disgusting bathroom floor and then coming in here coming in here to do the show so that is what we have on the agenda i mean not that we have some fun things to get to as well because if you didn't notice on the uh the social media post it is at simulation radio i was about to say at instagram now i'm pretty sure that they're the at instagram account is probably doing okay but if you follow the show along on at simulation radio on facebook youtube or twitter now i'm getting that up and going and posting some stuff and we'll we'll get there then you might uh might notice that we are going to be in for a little bit of fun because i have nothing but the most mature takes on the story that we're about to talk about which is actually very serious because this does kind of deal with a 
a missing person. Well, maybe not a missing person, but somebody who, by China standards, when you go missing, that, that that's not good. When you go missing and disappear from the public spotlight in China, then you have to assume that more than likely uh, bad things happened. But before we get started, uh, please be sure if you are listening to the YouTube recording or if you're listening to the podcast of the show, then I would like you to know that you can indeed watch the show live. It is, in fact, more than likely, uh, we're going to go back to doing it at 7 p.m. every single evening. That way, you know, in case you guys want to watch it live, in case you would like to witness the glory of Simulation Radio live, uh, live, then, yeah, we're going to go back to doing it at, at 7 p.m. Eastern every single day which you can watch on youtube facebook and twitch it's youtube.com slash simulation radio it is facebook.com slash simulation radio and twitch.tv slash simulation radio make sure that you're turning on the notifications all right here we go practice my best youtube voice get ready get ready get ready smash that like button no, shit, I messed it up. No, smash the bell because that gives you notifications for when we go live. So make sure that you are following along if you so choose, if you would like to listen to the show live, if you are listening to the pre-recorded version. that Look, come hang out, have a good time, talk in the chat. I have some uh, cool little widgets and alerts set up now so that when people follow and like and subscribe and do all the good stuff, then... Uh, you'll you'll be alerted on screen. Plus, your chat will also show up on screen. So come be a part of the show, and I look forward to hearing from every single one of you. Now, before we get to the China story that I teased, I would like to get a lay of the land on all of you guys' Black Friday shopping, Cyber Monday shopping, your holiday preparation, because I've heard some stories about how you still have to get in line, you still have to enter a virtual queue at, you know, just about any retailer that you could be buying a PS5 from. And the PS5 is probably the best example right now of just the hottest ticket holiday item that everybody is going for. And the problem with that, and this is a story that... uh is breaking through throughout the shopping world where bots are actually swooping into the queue of people that are trying to buy PS5s. They're swooping in and they're stealing all the spots that, you know, real fleshed human beings need to buy their PS5s. And look, poor people, you don't get access to your PS5 bots are ruining it i mean we do know after all that they're the biggest and greatest threat to society hey no i want my ps5 but fortunately uh congress is passing a bill and this is a group of democratic lawmakers who have reintroduced a bill because i guess they've attempted to introduce it before aimed at stopping scalpers and the bots that they use from hoarding hot ticket items this holiday season and beyond. It's called the Stopping Grinch Bots Act, and it was introduced uh, not yesterday, but on Monday by Representative Paul Tonko of New York, good old Richard Blumenthal, 
of Connecticut and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and also Senator Ben Ray Lujan of New Mexico. They put out a press release. It would, according to the bill, enforce these new rules, which is to prohibit manipulative technical practices that allow bad actors to use bots to circumvent control measures designed to protect real consumers. So another thing that happens a lot of the time, and I used to... uh, to kind of see this in action when if anybody out there used to try and buy blizzcon tickets what would happen with uh blizzcon tickets is you would have to they would only sell them on certain days they would give you like a window of all right we're selling a certain amount of tickets will be available to buy on this day and then maybe a next week a certain amount will be available on this day and then the next week a certain amount will be available on x day and you would have to show up well, not literally show up, but you'd have to go to the website, wait in the queue, and you would have to wait your turn to be able to even purchase such a high-ticket item like a BlizzCon ticket or a PS5 or any such thing like that. And I would imagine that this legislation would also apply to uh, just about everything that falls under that system where you have to get in that virtual queue and buy things It would also make it an illegal FTC violation to circumvent security measures, access control systems, or other technological control measures on a site or online service. Because I guess the bots are, they're getting smarter now. They're, they're figuring out how to like clear the captures and you know, all those security features where you have to click like, I am not a robot and leave it to the robots to figure out how to click that they're not a robot. Come on, come on. You'd think that we would figure this out by now. The robots are winning this battle. Shit. It would also make it illegal to sell or offer any product or service that's obtained by such a method. And it would also allow the FTC and state attorney generals to treat these abusive workarounds as prohibited, unfair, or deceptive acts or practices and take legal action against the bad actors. So this would allow them to classify uh these bots and all of these bad actors they say as prohibited and unfair and this would allow them to take legal action against it because it would put them in bad standing and they would uh they'd be able to kind of prosecute from there so fear not your holiday shopping is safe everybody you might be able to get your PS5, uh, probably not this year, because I highly doubt that within the span of, what are we going on, 24 days now? My God, it's December 1st already. But within the span of 24 days, I highly doubt, just got my doubts, that they're going to be able to uh, pass the bill, start enforcing it, and actually come up with a plan of attack on how to deal with these bots. So I'm sorry the bots are ruining this Christmas, but maybe maybe next Christmas we can we can rise up and stand against them. Now. No, they're still here. No. So I will of course uh, continue to follow the story and let all of you know uh kind of what's going on if it passes. They don't have any details on exactly how the law would be enforced because they weren't made clear. It's unclear if automated programs that continually check site inventories would also count as bots or what enforcement would look like against bot users located outside the U.S. So that's another big problem. 
that happens is a lot of these bots are not actually originating from the U.S. They're originating from probably China, probably Russia, and these bots. Look, we don't have jurisdiction over them. What what are they What are they going to do? The Chinese bot makers are going to go. Oh shit! They passed a law. I think we're going to have to stop using bots to buy PS5s. More than likely not. That's probably not going to happen. This bill was originally introduced back in November of 2019, but it stalled in congressional committees, and then COVID happened, and then, you know, it, it, it just fell by the wayside. Online sales have only increased as retailers and shoppers grapple with restrictions and safety concerns posed by in-person shopping. So that's another thing that makes this bill especially important, because as people don't want to go outside and do their shopping IRL anymore, because who, who the fuck wants to do that? I don't. As people are uh, no longer going out and doing their shopping, then they're doing more shopping online, right? And so you want to have that opportunity to not have your spot in line taken by the robots! Now! 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 So we'll, we will, uh, we'll see if this passes and, you know, we'll, whatever happens, happens after that. Hopefully, I hope for the best on this. Because I'm not saying that I'm going to be buying a PS5 anytime soon, but it would be nice to not have my spot in line be taken by a cruel, cold, lifeless Chinese robot. Maybe that's just me. I'm trying here. The bill does expand on a 2016 law that outlawed bots from purchasing tickets from mu for music and sporting events and made it illegal to resell those tickets, which were obtained by the bots. The Stopping Grinch Bots Act has, fortunately, received support from Consumer Reports, the Consumer Federation of America, and the National Consumers League. So the FTC would be responsible for enforcing the bill should it become law. Unfortunately, we don't really know how they would enforce it because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these bots are not part of U.S. jurisdiction. So, I mean, what what are we really going to do? We're, we'll have to we'll have to fight the bots. We'll have to fight the robots. The PS5 line robots with our own PS5 line robots. Now! And I can only imagine that just full-scale robot warfare will erupt from there. So, hoping for the best. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm still not saying I'm buying a PS5, but, you know, just maybe. Maybe. Alec Baldwin has come out because, look, you'd think that at this point... After the Rust shooting incident, you'd probably want to lay low, right? You probably wouldn't want to have massive media attention once again. But since Alec Baldwin is a pompous celebrity, that doesn't really apply to him. He wants any, any bit of attention that he could get. And he, of course, did appear on an interview, uh, on an ABC interview, where he said that, oh, just kidding. It wasn't me that pulled the trigger after all. Just kidding. This interview is going to air on ABC News on Thursday, and he appeared baffled at how the shooting happened. He said, well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. He said, no, no, no. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at them. Never. Despite the fact that he had plenty of opportunities to say this after the incident occurred. And no, he, he's waiting until now while he has the attention of the mainstream media interview 
to come out and say this. So that seems a little bit suspect. Alec Baldwin is, of course, known for uh, being just a staunchly, staunchly uh, integral celebrity with plenty of integrity. And that's we he's never been known for lying for anything. Right. So um, unfortunately, I uh, hope that he wasn't the one to pull the trigger, but it seemed like he was. He Nobody came out and did anything but corroborate any of the reports. Sure, it might have been an accident, too. Look, we've seen the uh, we've seen all the the fallout as the story kind of continued to break light of what the motives were, who was actually responsible for it. There was never any question that Alec Baldwin was the one that pulled the trigger, right? But, I mean, that she was someone who didn't was turn out to be true. loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. Oh, come on. Look at those tears. All right, let's, let's go back and rewatch this again. And admired. Everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. Oh, what a psycho. That might be mean, but... I mean, even now, I find it hard to believe that. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. You Look at how dramatic... Since that tragic... Look at how dramatic the news is. And I'm assuming that that's George Stephanopoulos. Uh, I can't quite see it because the image is a little bit blurry or the resolution on this interview is not the greatest, but that sounds like George Stephanopoulos. And... Of course, it would be him that gets this interview, but look at how dramatic they made this. They had the full, full production of the background music. They've got, oh, this is just such a dramatic and sad moment, and I can't believe it. It's an ABC, excuse me, ABC News exclusive. Accident. Why speak out now? That's what I want to know. I think the big question and the one you must have asked yourself. Yeah, it is George Stephanopoulos. How could this have happened? How could this have happened? You've described it as a one in a trillion shot, and the gun was in your hand. Uh-oh. How do you come to terms with that? It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. It wasn't. Of course it wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. But it happened anyway. I, I think what he means actually by that is that uh, in this part of the movie, in or at least in the scene of the movie that they were shooting, it wasn't or the gun was not intended to actually go off and fire. And I think that that's what is kind of the softball, hard question, hard question, quote up, quote unquote, lob that George Stephanopoulos is trying to throw to Alec Baldwin here. And it'll be interesting to see how, how he responds to that. Of course, uh, this is when he decides to uh, take the stand that not wasn't me. I didn't do shit. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So oh, there it the is. No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull it. No, 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 no. I would never pull it. Okay, this is a... Well, let me know what you guys think about this, by the way, because this seems like a classic tell of somebody that's lying where they have to overqualify what uh the story is. So obviously he couldn't just say no, it wasn't me that pulled the trigger. He has to go no 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 no. I would never do anything like that. 
no wonder they got him to do the Trump impression. I kind of, when, when I did the impersonation there, it kind of sounded a little bit like Trump. No, 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 no. No, I would never pull the trigger. I've pulled plenty of triggers in my life, but not that one. That one was a sacred trigger. One that would never be used to hurt anybody. Trigger them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on I, that I, set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun. A bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on a <laughs> How do you respond to actors like George Nobody Clinton saw that. who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Nobody pay attention to the fact that I almost leaned backwards in my chair and legitimately just almost fucking back of head planted on the ground. Raw, Your deeply emotional. So, so right there on the surface, you felt shocked. <laughs> This is you funny because you felt sad when you see through how the the apparatus of media works, then it's just funny at this point. And honestly, the most hilarious thing to me is that all the the normies that are not aware that the mainstream media just fucking lies out their ass. They're sitting there with bated breath, ready to just oh, yes, consume. Yes. Give me all the Alex Baldwin. Con or Alec Baldwin. Who cares? Give me all the content. But I think it's hilarious. It, it, and I can only imagine what's going on in the head of somebody that just, uh, you know, maybe like somebody like uh, my parents who just kind of or maybe all of your parents or anybody's parents or grandparents that just get home from work. They plop themselves in front of the TV and turn on the news like, you know, maybe the fucking ABC News where this interview is happening, and they get baited into this. They go on the emotional ride, on the emotional roller coaster, not knowing that the mainstream media are all literally snakes, and this is an example of just emotional manipulation at, at its finest, and they eat it up. They eat it up. And I can see they're really, really going ham here. They really want you to, to just be captivated and enthralled by the Alec Baldwin story. Despite the fact that, you know, if you were actually playing it smart, what the fuck are you doing interviews for? Just lay low for a while. It's going to go away. Everybody's going to forget about this in a healthy enough amount of time. And then, you know, you can come back, make some more movies, go back to being a fucking Hollywood celebrity or whatever it is you want to do in your life. And, you know, that then it goes from there. Yes. Do you feel guilt? You said you're not. I a feel guilt all the time. Is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because I. Quick snap. Frame one. Yes. Yes. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Plenty of things have happened to me in my life. I've yelled at my daughter. I've done very heinous and horrible things. I've told many lies. But this is the worst. This is the worst of all of them. I, I think back and I think of what could I have done? What could I have done? Alec Baldwin, unscripted. <laughs> unscripted! Oh my, that, that's rich. That is rich. That is fucking good. Bravo, ABC News. Bravo. It's almost like this is, it's almost like this is a movie itself. Look at the fucking, look at the production of this. My God. The newsmaking special event. The news making special event. They're they're just really uh, tantalizing with it. They're really putting it out there. They are dangling 
that carrot in front of people that uh, don't know about the mainstream media. They're dangling this in their faces like, oh, it's a news production event. Alex Baldwin unscripted. Oh, no. So that's funny. Uh, the interview does will air on Thursday night. So if you would like to check it out, then it'll be airing on, I believe, whatever the fuck the equivalent of the ABC Nightly News is on Thursday. So check it out if if that is what you uh, so happen to want to do. So let's see. I do have time for one more story before we go to break. So. I don't I'm going to save the dick pound story for when we come back. Trust me. So much to dive into with the dick pound story. Ah, uh, 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 th- this story is just glorious. It's glorious. I cannot wait. Cannot wait, but you know, I'll tease it. I'll let you sit there. Fortunately, a story that is not quite as glorious, but also just a little bit as funny, is the I-4 Bandit, because he is back. And if you were alive in the 90s, or, you know, if you were kind of conscious or had any memory of the 90s, then you might remember the I-4 Bandit. His name is David Mark Ratcliffe, and he was convicted in six bank robberies in the late 90s and was considered a suspect in as many as 19 other ones. So what happened was he did some time and he eventually got out, despite the fact that, you know, he has a very, very rich criminal history. And now he is facing more charges because Clearwater police say that he held up a Wells Fargo bank in the 600 block of Fort Harrison Avenue on Tuesday morning. I'm sorry, Clearwater. The I-4 bandit, he just happened to strike you. I'm, you just so happen to be the victim. I'm very sorry about this. He's also said to be a suspect in bank robberies in Terrace and St. Petersburg. So that that looks sounds like it's along that, that I-4 stretch, which, you know, if you're outside of Florida, by the way, and would like a little bit of an insight, I-4 is our main uh, interstate, whichever interstate yours is. In fact, I'd love to know what your main interstate is wherever you are, if you're in the U.S. or whatever the equivalent of an interstate is outside the U.S. Uh, Our main interstate, we've got one that goes up and down, up and down the big old Florida dick. That's I-95. That's a big one. Then we've got the one that goes loopy, loopy, side to side. That one's I-4. And that one is notorious for being a ridiculous pain in the ass because it's always under construction. It's essentially the biggest death trap in a vehicle that has ever been known to man. And so I would really love to hear what your interstate is and how bad it is and some horror stories for the interstate in your state. But the I-4 bandit is now a suspect in two other bank robberies. The police spokesperson says that when he was arrested, he made sure that police knew about his criminal history. Apparently, according to the spokesperson, he didn't learn his lesson the first time around, and for some reason, he's very proud of his past. I'm not sure why that is. So, hopefully, he is taken into custody for good this time, and... Uh, will no longer be I-4 banditing anymore. It's a little bit suspect as to why 
you know, I guess if this happened in the late 90s, he probably served like 20 years, right? In 20 years for six bank robberies. Does that sound like an accurate uh, punishment for six bank robberies and being a suspect in 19 of them? Let me know what you think. Or, you know, if somebody knows a little bit more about the law, too, then I would love to hear about what you think. Please be sure to leave a comment, join the chat, let me know what you think, and let me know if this uh, if this sounds about accurate, if doing 20 years for something like this uh, is right. But hopefully the I-4 bandit will not strike again, and he probably will not strike again because he's now behind bars. When we come back, we do have... Finally, Mr. Dick Pound, because he has a plethora of information about this uh, missing Chinese tennis player. I don't know if I want to call her missing, but she did disappear from the public spotlight. And when that happens in China, boom, it's done. You over. And uh, I will totally, I, I will not, trust me, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Let's just namaste. Bring it back from yesterday. I will do my best not to get distracted by Mr. Dick Pound. And we will uh we'll we'll see how hard I can handle that when we come back. Simulation radio. all the time to your parents as you were growing up why was i born i couldn't control this but you would never think you would probably never imagine a situation where you would think that you could get away with suing for your existence now that happened over in australia because a 20 year old woman who sued for being Born, and that's not what what it sounds like. Now, normally, you would probably think that uh, this would be a lawsuit between the daughter and the parents, but what actually happened was it was a suit between her and the doctors. Now, I know it happens a lot. You probably grew up telling your parents, I wish I was never born. No! Why'd you make me? Well... When a mommy parent and a daddy parent just want to fuck really bad and protection is just not on the table, then you get a uh, a multi-million dollar lawsuit. And she won. She won. She was a star show jumper who sued her mother's doctor, claiming that I should never have been born. And she won the right to millions in damages. Her name is Evie Toombs out of Australia, and she launched the landmark wrongful conception case against these doctors because she suffers from a condition called spina bifida. No idea about the pronunciation on that. And sometimes spends up to 24 hours a day connected to tubes. Now, what happened was 
She, the 20-year-old, sued the doctor, Dr. Philip Mitchell. She took him to court. It was a wrongful conception claim because the doctor failed to advise her mother to take vital supplements before getting pregnant. She alleged that the medic had told her mom. You know, I, I love I love how uh, British news and Australian news, they just, they're, they're full-on going with mom. Told her mom, Caroline, that she needed to take folic acid to minimize the risk of this condition affecting her baby. But if she had done that, then it would have... Uh, it would have made it harder for the contraception, or not for contraception, it would have made it harder for the conception to actually happen. It would have acted as a contraception, which if the mother accepted the advice from the doctor and took this medication, that meant that this 20-year-old woman, Evie, would never have been born at all. Now, Let's. I'll break this down a little bit more for you here. Doctor tells the mother to, all right, take this, take this drug. It's a, uh, it's a folic acid to minimize the risk of a condition affecting the baby. But if you take this risk, then more than likely your child would not have been born. Now the doctor did not tell the mother about this. She did not tell, did not advise the mother of anything, and so this mother just. She didn't take anything. And so the baby ended up being born with that condition. And so that apparently was grounds enough for this lawsuit. And I would love, I would love to know what you think about this because this is this is an insane story and this is kind of groundbreaking. It's a it's a trailblazer in the legal world because we don't have any precedent of a case like this happening, of being sued for being born, you wouldn't think that would happen, right? But unfortunately for her, she is now stuck in a life where she could possibly be connected to tubes 24 hours a day. She got the unique ruling at London's high court today. They backed her case and awarded her the right to a huge compensation payout. Her lawyers said that the amount that she's claiming had not yet been calculated. So, it, look, we, we don't know how much money we're talking here. We don't know yet. She could be getting a lot of money. At the very least, we know that it is going to be uh, multi-millions. So the ruling, the ruling basically claimed that, okay, yeah, the judge didn't tell her to take folic acid. And therefore, you know, it... I'm just going to get pregnant and have a baby with a really, really bad condition. Despite that fact, she did end up forging this 20-year-old woman. She did forge a career in show jumping, competing against both disabled and able-bodied riders, had sued for wrongful conception of having been born in a damaged state, and, you know, the rest, the rest is, uh, is history there. The trial happened last month, and the court heard that 50-year-old Caroline, which is the mother who was also a keen horsewoman, had gone to see this doctor to discuss her plans to first have a baby in, excuse me, February of 2001. She said this was a very precious decision to start a family because she herself had lost her parents when she was young. So they had been refraining from, you know, doing the deed, trying to have intercourse until they received advice at the consultation. So she put so much stock 
the mother put so much stock in the doctor's consultation that she didn't do anything. She didn't attempt any conception at all until she got advice from this doctor. And so that means that the doctor has a lot of power here. The doctor, unfortunately, failed to give her the most basic recommendation of uh, of this folic acid, which would not only have caused her to not have a baby, but also would have uh, probably ailed or cured whatever ailments uh, she she might have had. So it's a lose-lose for just about everybody, you know, except for this 20-year-old who's getting multi-million dollars. But look, she she's suffering. She has had a lifetime of suffering due to this condition. So I don't think it's entirely unreasonable to have a multi-million dollar uh, payout now. She told the judge that the doctor told her to go home and have lots of sex, which the mother found as somewhat blunt. He told me it was not necessary. According to the mother, I was advised that if I had a good diet previously, I would not have to take folic acid. So all of that proved fairly false, and she would have paused her pregnancy plan, started a course of folic acid treatment, and then attempted to conceive if she had been properly advised by the doctor. So let me know what you think here, because I could honestly see some arguments on both sides of this on uh, the mother's side like okay look i rely heavily on the doctor's advice and so i'm just going to do whatever the doctor tells me but at the same time from the doctor's point of view he's kind of in a lose-lose situation he's saying okay i have a client who really really wants to conceive but if i tell the client about this uh, potential solution or this ailment then that could cause her to be unable to succeed or succeed unable to conceive however it's more than likely i think that the doctor knew about all this at least if he's not a quack so we'll have to we'll have to see what you guys think because i would love love to know where your uh where your stance falls on this please be sure to leave a comment as usual and we will uh we will go over it all right we got to get to it it's time. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. It is finally the time to talk about Mr. Dick Pound. And Acid Attack Zach left a comment on the Instagram post from or for tonight's show where I teased this story. And uh, he said something along the lines of, you know, let me let me pull it back up so that I can show you. In fact, it'll even give you a uh, uh, Let's let's see here. It'll even give you a good look at the uh, simulation radio social media. He said, guy must have had a hard life, according to uh, Acid Attack Zach. And, you know, I agree. I agree that he might have had a hard life. But at the same time, Mr. Dick Pound, who went on CNN in an exclusive interview to say that this, uh, this Chinese tennis player... And we'll learn the story of the Chinese tennis player in just a moment. But, you know, I have to get distracted by Dick Pound first because it's such a fucking hilarious name that I cannot do anything but go over it. I I think, you know what? He could have called himself Richard. That His name is Dick. And if you had the name Dick Pound, like... How could you not? How could you not call yourself Richard? I don't understand. It's like you're a glutton for punishment. All right, look at this guy. Look at this guy right here. He looks like a dick pound, doesn't he? 
Look at that fucking- look at that smug look on his face. He looks like he needs a good dick pound himself. Jesus. So, uh, you know, I- I, uh, am on the train of, you know, he could have called himself- he could have called himself Richard, but no, he is- he's choosing- choosing to call himself Dick Pound, and so I think that he deserves every single ounce of hate that he is getting on social media because nobody's taking this story seriously. You know, uh, all right, let me get it out first. I will, I will take this story seriously in just a moment, but it, his name is Dick, his name is Dick Pound for God's sake. He could have called himself Richard, but no, he won't. And so he deserves every, every single ounce of shit that he's getting on social media. However, in an interview, all right, serious time. Let's get serious here, fellas. <sighs> Breathe in. Breathe out. <sighs> Don't be funny. God, his name is Dick Pound, though. Fuck. Breathe in. Breathe out. <sighs> Let's cover the story here. Namaste. <laughs> I can't. I can't. All right, so he did do an interview with uh, with CNN. This is the International Olympic Committee. He's a member, Mr. Pound. <sighs> Jesus. Mr. Pound is a member of the International Olympic Committee, and he did an interview with CNN where he's assuring everybody there is a unanimous conclusion that this Chinese tennis player, her name is Peng Shuai, she's doing all right. She's doing fine. Because there has been a concern, and we'll learn the story of this Chinese tennis player. She uh, is one of the most famous tennis players in China. I don't know if she's on, like, Serena Williams or Venus Williams or, you know, all the other tennis players are. I'm drawing a blank with them, at least over here in the States. It's hard to say how famous she is, but she seems kind of like she's on that level. So what happened was she accused this uh a retired member of the chinese communist party of coercing her into sex at his home according to screenshots of a social media post that has since been deleted that came out on november 2nd following the accusation though she surprisingly mysteriously disappeared from public life. She no longer made appearances on Chinese state media. She no longer did just about anything. That is until video of her at a restaurant. And this is, of course, video that was published by Chinese state media. She eventually made a public appearance at a uh, a public appearance at a restaurant, and there are some uh, some takes that are swirling around that you know she is being coerced into doing this, that she is being forced into this, that there's probably some fucking uh, communist back there with a gun ready to take her out if she doesn't look just pleased and ready to have a nice, delicious Chinese meal. And I will let you guys uh, be the judge of this because, all right, read some body language with me, fellas. Come along, and if you're listening to the podcast, you are, you're really missing out here. You're going to hear this a little bit, but you won't be able to see her exact uh, body language. You won't be able to, to, unfortunately, get a glimpse at whether or not she looks like she's under duress because here's the thing. This is the kind of thing that happens in China where, you know, you uh, you upset 
the official Chinese Communist Party, and you uh, get sent over back to the gulag. Well, the Chinese gulag. And they just kind of take you out back and make you disappear. However, since this tennis player, since Peng Shuai, is a very notable public figure and a very notable tennis player, they can't just make her go away without there being some some waves. So she did end up uh, in a video appearance at a Chinese restaurant uh, that was you know, distributed to us by Chinese state media. Now, let's check this out and let me know if you see a look of duress on her face. Because obviously, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is going to come out and say, oh, no, she's fine. Look at her. She looks like she's doing great. She's at a restaurant. She's eating with her family. She's she's just fantastic. She's great. Nothing is wrong with her. Pay no attention to the fact that she has made zero public appearances in the, the two weeks since she accused a Communist Party official of sexually harassing her. No, none of that matters. That doesn't matter at all. She's doing okay. That sounds a little bit suspicious, right? So check out this video. Let, let, me, uh, let me know what you think about this because let's do a little bit of I'll hide my camera too so you can see the subtitles. I don't think she looks very happy. It's her in the black sweater, by the way. Okay, so one of the things that I'm paying attention to right now is her eye contact. Like, for instance, uh, I know that she's paying attention. Apparently, this this uh, meeting is not actually between her family. It's between her and maybe her coach or some other members of the tennis squad. And I'm looking to see if she's uh, darting some looks around, if she's uh, kind of, you know, I'll, I'll turn the camera back on for a second. If she's peering over, maybe casually looking at the, the masked Chinese man with a gun that's standing behind the camera and definitely not just glaring at her going, uh, you better have a good time. You better. You better. Because this is for media, baby. <laughs> Actually, that might be her in the white sweater. I don't, I'm not sure. I'd have to see her picture again. Oh, there's a look. She looks kind of fearful. I wonder if it's because, and by the way, this is definitely not a, a racial comment or anything. I, I just think that, is, if I remember correctly, I don't think most Chinese people have a propensity for even, like, looking happy. It's just not a physical characteristic that they have. So that's another uh, interesting twist that you have to consider here when you're watching this footage of her, which is that, okay, is it just... Uh, is she being coerced into this or is she just, you know, not happy because that's kind of the general disposition of a Chinese person? I know that's Japanese. Come on. 
All right, so let me know what you think about this footage because I'm uh, I'm curious about what you think regarding her her first public appearance since then. However, back to Dick Pound, fellas, because he is on the case. On November 21st, the International Olympic Committee said in a statement that its president, Thomas Bach, had a 30-minute video call with three-time Olympian Peng, joined by a Chinese sports official and an IOC official. And according to the statement during the call, or the statement said that during the call, Peng appeared to be doing fine and was relaxed and said she would like to have her privacy respected. I don't know. That that kind of sounds like a little bit of a script here that's being fed to her. Uh, what that means, that's essentially PR speak for uh, go away, leave me alone. That way she can just disappear from public spotlight and uh, not have any more attention drawn onto her. I don't know. Seems a little bit suspicious. The European Union commented that her recent public appearance does not ease concerns about her safety and freedom, which I believe was her first public appearance was that restaurant video that we watched just now. When asked on how he can ever be sure that her appearances aren't staged, Mr. Pound, who has not seen footage of the call, told CNN in an interview that there are lots of countries where you can't easily leave the country. And I think a lot of that is speculation. So Dick Pound of the Olympic or the International Olympic Committee, she, she's fine. She's doing all right. Definitely it's not because they don't want to anger China or anything. No, 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 no. She's doing okay. There is no reason to be concerned. Let's, you know, let's see a little bit of, of his CNN interview because I teased it for so long. I can't, I cannot, cannot keep this bit uh, ongoing without us having to at least see or hear a little bit of footage from Mr. Pound himself. A retired senior Communist Party leader of rape. Out front now, Dick Pound. He's a long-serving member of the International Olympic Committee. And Dick, I really appreciate your time. So, we've seen a good you know, pounding. We've been covering this story, and I want to ask you, about this because you have information that no one else does because you at the IOC have interacted with with her on that video call. I know you didn't see the call uh, yourself, but you said your peers, other Hold on a minute. He interacted with her on a video call, but he didn't see the call. Something about that doesn't add up here, CNN. Members of the IOC. Not that CNN is known for its uh, credible journalism and, you know, real news telling anyway so i guess you got to take that with a grain of salt regardless came away satisfied that pung was not speaking under coercion can you tell me and everyone watching why you feel confident that that's the case well they, they had a, a very friendly and relaxed call between four of them friendly uh, and relaxed half an hour um, and it concluded with a, a very positive outcome that uh, you know, the, the, the president and, and uh, Ms. Pong are going to have uh, the lunch or something. That's got to be a fake smile. Gets to uh, Beijing in January. And generally, the, the all right, consensus let's, let's go back of to all that. of those. Let's, uh, I, I've got to see that, that picture again. When he gets to uh, all right, Beijing. And take a look at this with me, chat. Uh, I can't zoom into this because it's full screen. But I, I just bet, I'm willing to bet that, you know, you do a zoom, enhance. You do a CSI on that, and you'll see... 
Oh my god, an evil Chinese Communist Party member waiting for her to say the wrong thing, and then they just pull the trigger, and you you know what happens from there. It's bad. Okay. In January, and generally the, the consensus of all of those the people on the call was that she's fine, and she's not... Uh, She's it's not fine. under any it's okay. kind of coercion or no coercion or, 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 or uh, you know confinement. No collusion. So uh, that's the, the best evidence we have uh, at the moment, and uh, it's certainly a long way ahead of the people who have not contacted her and who just make uh, statements. So I think I'd, I would rely on the combined judgment of uh, colleagues uh, who. Uh, the combined you know, judgment of colleagues who definitely have no vested interest in making sure that they're trying to keep China happy so that the Olympics can continue and so that, you know, uh, China does not just fucking ass blast them with China power to political influence. I say China power. That sounds really bad. I'm, look, I'm talking about political influence. That was the joke here. Not like, you know, pff, Kung Fu China power. Jesus. Her whereabouts are still unknown, and we have yet to see whether or not uh, she is actually under coercion or not. The European, the European Union does indeed want verifiable proof of her safety, well-being, and whereabouts. And that's what caused the phone call that uh, Mr. Dick Pound. All right, Richard. I know you don't want to be called that, but have you seen the video? Have you? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. But uh, I will continue to follow this story and see see what ended up happening here. And once we get word of her, uh, of her whereabouts or status, I really hope for the best for her because it's a tragic tale. She gets sexually assaulted by a Communist Party member, and then as soon as she says anything about it, as soon as she goes public with that info, Bam! She's gone. She's out of there. She's no longer part of the China story. So I I hope it was worth it, fellas. I hope that uh, the word of Mr. Pound, of uh, old Richard himself, was good enough to satisfy your sati satiation. I don't even know if that's a real word. To satisfy your hunger for a good old dick pounding. Let's do reach for the sky. <laughs> Of course, we do have a few minutes to close out the show here. So, as per usual, we will go to randomquestionmaker.com where our five categories candid, weird, creative, icebreaker, and funny. I think I kind of mixed up the order of when I say them. Usually I read them from top to bottom candid, weird, icebreaker, creative, and funny. There we go. Changed it up a little bit today. So, this week, I think we've done we've done Icebreaker this week, and we've done Candid this week, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And I think we're gonna go with we're gonna go with a creative a creative one this time. And let's uh, let's see what we got. If you could bring one fictional character to life, who would it be? You know, that's that's an interesting one because I I fall under a very weird. Uh, thought pattern, which is that I do find myself 
fantasizing about like being in worlds of fictional stories but at the same time you also have to realize that okay real life is real life and that's kind of just how it is and you have to deal with it now uh i was one of those people and thank god that these stories will never see the light of day but when i was young when i was a uh, an early teenager i wrote fan fiction i wrote nintendo fan fiction actually and uh i really i'm not anticipating that anybody that was ever in that community will ever watch this but they'll know they'll know if it ever if it ever comes to pass and if they wanted to ruin me they could put out that fan fiction for the world to see but unfortunately well not unfortunately very very fortunately for me uh that is all lost to the ages. I so I wrote a uh, I wrote a fan fiction about it. It's essentially an alternate parallel universe of the Mushroom Kingdom from you know from Mario Brothers, right? And it it didn't just have the Mushroom Kingdom in it. It had just about every world from Nintendo that was just bam right in that world. And I. I did that thing that George R. R. Martin did all the time. Actually, it was it was it's more Tolkien esque, where I was way better at world building than I was of actually writing a captivating story and having interesting characters. Look, I mean, when you're a fucking twelve year old that's writing Nintendo fan fiction, then that you can't expect to have an emotional intelligence level to write a decent story like that, but. If I could bring one fictional character to life, I, I got to think about this for a second. And uh, that's, hmm. I don't know if I would bring any of them to life. I actually am curious as to uh, what you guys' answer to this, because at least in the context of this question, I don't think I would be one of those people that just needed to bring a character to real life, because look, it's real life. And I'm willing to separate my own personal headcanon from what actually happens in real life. And so, look, real life is real life. Don't think we need a lot of fictional characters. But if you do have a, uh, a fictional character in mind, maybe it's what kind of fictional character do you have in mind? Do you want a complete badass that just saved everything that probably has ridiculously broken superpowers or anime powers or whatever the fuck it might be or do you want just uh just a regular old guy boom i got it i got the answer if i could bring one fictional character to life uh who would it be i would bring uh you know let's i i'm not sure wh exactly which character it would be but if i were to uh bring a character to life it would uh i'm gonna bring you know what i'm gonna bring jerry seinfeld into real life hmm. wait i think there's something wrong with that theory okay maybe not you know i'm actually no i'd say that i would bring kramer to real life but you know michael richards tried that and it didn't work out very well for him <laughs> all right that's the show <laughs> it was a fun one today so thank you all for watching and listening and doing and being such a sexy beast that you are
stay tuned tomorrow night because we have a banger for the very interesting show planned. That will be tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that is, of course, right here at Simulation Radio on everything. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube again. Whichever one I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah, Instagram. I love you all. Bye. Remember you all in therapy.